Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. This is episode 10 and we have a very packed show for you today. We are going to get you caught up in what's popping with all the new movie news. We went and saw It Chapter 2 and we'll be talking about that and giving you our full review. And finally, we are going to do our top five horror movie villains. Let's do it. of popcorn for breakfast my name is cam and i am your co-host and with me as always is kirk hello hello your other co-host and kirk this is our 10th episode i forgot that it was the 10th yeah. episode this is exciting this is groundbreaking this is a big milestone because i was thinking about when we were talking about shows that have a really long run like have, have a lot of long run like a lot of episodes I was thinking, you know, 100 episodes always feels like not a significant number to me. Like whenever shows do like a big thing for their 100th episode, it feels like not that big of a deal. But think about this, like our podcast is weekly. So we're at 10 now. We won't get to 100 until what? The end of like the second half of 2021. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's significant when you're doing like when you think about it that way, it, it is like a legit it is really significant. And we just talk into microphones. We don't act or yeah. put on productions or, you know, like in the in the element of TV is uh, a series like this is much more much smaller. And yeah, it's yeah. It's a so, ride. so even if Tim's if 10 sounds insignificant to anyone, I would say that it is pretty sig- and it is pretty significant. We've done it for 10 weeks. That's that's pretty good. I don't think I don't think. Uh, when we first started talking about this like years ago, we probably thought that this would never happen. So being at episode 10 feels pretty good. Yeah. And every week you keep showing up. And so I'm excited yeah. every time I, I see you walk into the studio. Like, That's right. He likes talking about movies with me. Let's do it again. Yeah. You better watch yourself, though, Kirk. Oh. You, I'm teetering on the. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, this is good. There's no end in sight. We're going to do this forever. And we got past the seven-week itch. We did. So now we're in for seven. We have to wait till seven months. Seven months before we can decide if we want to stop again. We started in July, so that'll be, I'm really bad at that. February? February, yep. Okay. Well, well, let's hope we don't screw anything up between now and then or else we're out of here. We'll decide on like Valentine's Day, so it'll be a massive breaking up or a massive love letter to the rest of our, to the next seven years. Exactly. (laughs) No, I, I think it will be fine. But this is exciting. Episode 10. We, we got a nice, good movie to do it. This was a big movie, highly anticipated, like really, really highly anticipated. It did really well in the box office. I was horrified to see it. I think you were as well. You saw this with Ryan in theaters. Yes. Ryan Spriggs. Yeah, right? yeah, for the first one. Oh, man. And he was he's like a seasoned vet. Like He likes Stephen King, and um, I am just not there. And so he was like stone facing it. And I'm like (laughs) over here literally peering through my fingers, like curled up in a ball in my seat and screaming out loud. Yes. Yeah. Which I I did. I did some of that in this movie, too. Like there were times where I was like, oh, I was just talking out loud to myself to remind myself that I was in reality. Yes. So I'd say I'd go, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Comfort yourself from the sound of your own voice. Like 
or just like shove some popcorn in my mouth and be like, it's okay, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. <laughs> Dude, there were four significant jump scares where both of us were like popping out of our seats. Yeah. Another thing to say, this is the first movie that we've actually seen together of all the films we have reviewed so yes. far. Yes. So that, that was, was monumental bi- as well. It was a big moment and it was good too because I, I needed the support. Yes. I or didn't I would have been much more scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the theater wasn't like packed full. I was really hoping we'd get like a fully packed theater. Yeah, and it was one of the bigger theaters. It, it was on the ultra screen at Marcus Theaters. And unfortunately, I thought there'd be more people Saturday afternoon, but maybe they wanted to see it at night because it is yeah, a scary sure. movie. And so we had all these empty theater seats, which is a little spooky because you're like, oh my gosh. It is, and our crowd kind of sucked. Yeah. Like nobody was like yelling or making it fun, which like the most fun thing about seeing a scary movie is like the crowd reacting to it. Yes. So that was kind of a downer. I will say when when we when I saw Ready or Not, I had a great crowd. It was in a smaller theater. There were some people freaking out at the antics that happened in that movie. That's and awesome. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to add more of that, but it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, obviously, with it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shared some popcorn. We did share some popcorn. That was a little awkward. We had a couple of those like serendipitous moments, like they have in movies, where like the somebody drops all their papers on the floor and it's like oh i'll help you pick it up and then your hands touch yeah so we had a couple of those um which is good and we with the popcorn lasted it lasted so that i could drop it down the stairs on our way (laughs) that's right i felt like the worst human being in the world i was like oh no as the staff was walking in thank goodness they were around the giant wall so they didn't see it but yeah yeah, it was it was heartbreaking i didn't i'm surprised they weren't like you you're blacklisted you're (laughs) never coming back we saw that it was it was completely unintentional though so yes and then of course today kirk i had to get I had to go get some antics going. I knew that you would probably be on edge following our movie weekend. And so I was like sitting at work and I was like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see Kirk tonight while we record. I'm going to buy 15 red balloons. And uh, they're sitting in the studio right now. And I use them to terrify you today. Yes, they're just looming over me as a reminder for the horror that I've already felt. And <laughs> yeah, just to let you know that like that happened. And they're just moving at random times. I mean, maybe it's just the air conditioner, but I think that Pennywise is in the room with us here. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good note is that um, w- the studio is almost certainly haunted right now. Things are moving around. I don't know what that's about. I mean, there is an air conditioner in here and balloons tend to move when there's moving air. But I'm just saying it's going down. So. If you hear some weird noises during this podcast, if you hear a balloon popping, most of all, this may be our last podcast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you'll. He- I don't know if you'll hear us scream first. I don't know how fast sound travels. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It'll probably be a really delayed reaction. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, they are directly above us, moving gently with with the the paranormal activities in this room right now also i would say that 15 balloons is like so many more balloons than I thought. now it was the lowest quantity that i could buy inflated balloons in so, really yeah oh dude there was a 72 balloon option and i was like <laughs> i was oh like gosh. dude if i had if i had like a huge suv with me i would be all over it and i'd probably just float down to you kirk <laughs> <laughs> be like you'll float too kirk you'll float too Hard decision. 15 balloons, 72. It was good, though. It was good. We'll post the video on social media so you guys can get a look at that. It was it was a really fun time. Enjoy my horror. It was fantastic. Yeah, I was I was glad because I was like, I honestly thought you probably wouldn't see it coming, which I'm like you did, which was good. Like you somewhat suspected it. But I was a little worried. I was like, if I scare him too bad, he might just like <laughs> die. I did. And I only thought of it. There wasn't any real trigger to it. I was just thinking, you know, we saw it 
I really hope Cameron doesn't like scare the crap out of me. Yeah. And then he did. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's a total double standard because yeah. if anybody did it to me, I would be a really poor sport about it <laughs> and be like, no, man, that was not cool. Not cool. And yet here I am like, I'm going to scare Kirk to death. You know, what's crazy. Like when the first it came out in 2017, people were like having their family members like tie a balloon to like the car windshield wiper as oh. they came out or at the at the bottom of their the, the stairs of their apartment or no. something. And no, I would not. I would not get over oh, that. Oh, no. I, I mean, I'd be done. I, I'm, I'm going the opposite direction. Right. 100%. Man. Um, so Thanks for not doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> shout out to the people who drove past me standing outside the house with a bunch of balloons like a creep and not calling the cops. That was a huge win. Love you guys. Um, but yeah, that was that was some fun. So we'll get into our review on It Chapter 2 later. Um, but I do want to get into kind of like what we watched this week and and things like that so kirk did you watch anything good this week just a few things so it was a it was a busy weekend for me busy week busy weekend so we had um it chapter two of course yeah uh i also went the day before we saw that i actually went and saw they were playing moana in theaters oh nice and i went and saw that with the kids and it was super cool we never went to the original theatrical release because my kids were a little too young and uh, so we went and saw it. It was wonderful. I got to see so many things and catch so many things I'd never noticed, even though we watch it like once every other day. Yeah. So really cool stuff. Uh, really fun. It's the aspect ratio. Kirk. It really is. <laughs> That's the key. It's the aspect ratio. And there's such a, a better depth to to mm. the scenery and the characters. Like yes. that's what I noticed right away. And I I caught more jokes because I was more sucked into the movie. Even though it's fantastic, I love Moana. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like there's a moment in Moana where um, after he gets the blow dart in the in the butt, uh, Maui does where he says, "Hey, feel the water. If it gets warm, you're in the right direction." Yeah. She puts her. Hand. I didn't know he was he was peeing. Right. And it's, it's he pranks her. No clue that happened in that movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I it's caught because it on the like screen. whenever you're watching a movie with your kids, it's just kind of like it's on, and you hear it, and you can't, you pick up on a lot of stuff, but you're not like actively watching it. It's right. just like it's there. So I, I get that for sure. Yeah. So when you pay for a movie for the theater, you're like, all right, I'm locked in. I'm Let's glued go. in because this is my real money. But I, I like all those re-releases. I saw that Shawshank Redemption is coming back to theaters. And mm. that's kind of fun because those are that's that, that's a movie I did not see in theaters. Um, and there's lots of old movies that like, not that Shawshank is that old, but there's lots of older movies that I could have never seen in theaters. Yeah, and we were so, too young for them when yeah, they were Yeah, and so like whenever there, whenever there are re-releases, I'm like, this is a really cool opportunity to get to have that experience. So. We should go to one of those as well. Yeah, That'd be definitely. Fun. What else? Anything else? The last thing I watched was this new Netflix series called The Spy. And yes, no, this is the, sh- the Sasha Baron Cohen one, right? Yes, based on a true story. Yeah. Um, basically follows the Israeli-Syrian conflict back all the way back in the 60s and uh, on and i'm one episode i'm in the penultimate episode got one left after this it's going well i really enjoy it i've i've gotten through it in less than 48 hours uh there's only six episodes so super easy to watch and sasha baron cohen i think nails it yeah he's he's underrated i will say like i think i think that all of his goofy movies and and crazy like satire films that he does really kind of like put him like kind of pigeonhole him into that category and so you don't think of him as a serious actor but anytime you see him in like a real role (laughs) you know it's he's good like i always think of him in sweeney todd yes where he plays the guy who's selling like the miracle elixir stuff that's right and uh he's incredible in that movie like really really good yeah it's probably probably says something to his 
skill as an actor, you know, they always say it's much more difficult to perform and execute comedy than it is drama. Yeah. It's more calculated, but it also has to be organic and it has to have a flair of your own personality. And that's, I think that all those characterizations that he builds, all those strange characters in all of his movies and his TV series that he had, I think that really just benefits him as a dramatic actor. Yeah, it's a good point because we're starting to see like a lot of the good comedians of our time really step into the realm of drama mm-hmm. and really succeed like steve carell is killing it mm-hmm. he's like the guy right now mm-hmm. you know um and adam sandler i mean adam sandler's back 100 percent rotten fresh his new film yeah crazy 100 percent fresh right yeah that's what i meant 100 percent fresh yeah and he's got this other movie jim something gemstones or something like that uncut gems uncut gems that's the one they're saying he might win the oscar for right like or at least be nominated which would be insane yes like just just picture that. You're telling me Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Grown Ups, Adam Sandler. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be that would be wild. It would be it'd be really good. I'm rooting for it. I would too. I want to see it happen. However, if it's him and Joaquin Phoenix, I don't know. I, I know. gotta go. I gotta go, Joaquin. Yeah. I think, but maybe not. Yeah, I I mean I don't know. I I tend to root for him. He's just kind of one of those. He's one of those guys that's just out there. Yes. And I like the pe- I don't know I don't know if Joaquin falls into the method acting group. I think he's I, I think he is a method actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure, but you know, the Daniel Day Lewises of the world, you know, the people who really get fully into their character, um, Le- like Leonardo DiCaprio and things like that. Like those guys are way more fun to watch um, because they're just all in and they're willing to go places that other people are not. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to root for him, and that that movie is obviously getting pretty good praise too and we can mm. talk about that later but sounds like you had a good weekend of content pretty good how about you man um well unfortunately i am i am stuck in like marshall just now is like getting to watch tv okay and so we're like giving him all the favorite movies like what are the things that we can watch a thousand times and like still be able to stomach it and so cars was cars was a big one for a while still there you know cars for some for whatever reason cars is like I don't know how to explain it, but every kid goes through a Cars phase. Yes. And it's it's kind of like Toy Story. Like, every kid goes through a Toy Story phase. And so Marshall still requests Cars regularly, but he's seen it a lot. And the new new kid on the block is Finding Nemo. We tried Finding Nemo with him. Ooh, nice. And he's been watching it a lot. Um, he reacts really well to it, and we're able to we're able to kind of, like, teach him while we watch it. You know, like, teach him about fish in the ocean. We talk to him about it while it's going on. So it's it's really fun. Um, I gotta say, man, as a father watching Finding Nemo, it's tough. It's a tough one. Why is that? I don't know. Like I, so I was with Marshall the other night and Jackie was out and about, which was really nice. Cause I got some time to spend with Marshall by myself, which is rare. Um, and so I was really excited about it. Got him into his PJs after bath time. And I was like, let's watch Finding Nemo. And it's like this father son story. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, I find myself crying on the couch at 7 p.m. to Finding Nemo. I was like, what is happening? Is this what parenthood is? And I, apparently, yes. Um, but, like, I, I feel like people always kind of rag on Marlon. Like, nobody, like Marlon is nobody's favorite character in that movie or period. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, cut Marlon some slack, man. He's been through it. Like, he, this dude's a trauma victim in, in the most severe of ways. Like, his wife and most of his unborn children are killed yeah like a, a hundred of yeah. them there's so the, many the one kid that does survive is injured and then he gets taken away the one time when he's finally like okay you can you know what sure let's spread our wings a little bit and you can go to school and then he gets like captured by right. scuba divers 
It's a tough break. I'm like, man, Marlon, you've been through it. Like, ev- if you're ever grumpy or just, like, seem, like, not fun, I get it. I'm, yep. I'm like, I'm here for it. I understand. And so cut Marlon some slack. If you're one of these people who's, like, Marlon is annoying and boring, he's not. I, I hear you, man. I identify as Marlon. We've yeah. Whenever we started watching that, I think it was – I don't know if we noticed it when – Asher was first watching it, but definitely when Edie started watching it and Aubrey's Aubrey's just like sitting giggling in the corner and I'm like, You think I'm like Marlon, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, I am, I Listen, know I am. <laughs> it's tough in the streets as a parent. That's it's, right. It's a tough gig. You feel like you feel the need to protect everyone in your family, you're responsible, and whenever you see that, like that movie, you're like, Man, that's how I would react. That's exactly what I would do. So shout out to Marlon yeah. for being Love you, Marlon. For being the real dad you're out the there. Goat. Um, so yeah, that, that's literally all I've been watching. Just finding Nemo <laughs> cars. Just like finding Nemo cars, poo. We did watch Robin Hood last night, so we've been kind of like mixing it up. But yeah, I'm in I'm in kids movie land big time. Yeah, well, enjoy it. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean, I I like all those Disney animated films, so I'll take it. Yeah, and then you can watch them on the big screen when they roll them back out. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so sounds like we both got to to soak in some content. Um. Uh, obviously it chapter two which we'll get to later but i do want to talk i want to get into what's popping because we do have we do have quite a bit there it is yep wow i like that last one it was like kind of <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a man of many gifts kirk I, what can you. i say dj voice popping noises <laughs> i mean the list is endless the <laughs> yeah um but yeah let's let's jump into what's popping because it's actually it was it was good that kind of good that we waited to talk until today on the pod because like today there was an Apple keynote which normally would not be a source of movie or television news right right um and yet here we are and it was because Apple TV is getting into the content game which we all knew they have Apple TV Plus and they were kind of like touting it or toting it about I don't know what the right word is there. Um, and they're making all sorts of announcements. So let's go, let's go high level announcements. So we already know a little bit about Apple TV. We know that they have that show, um, the newsroom, no, not the, the morning room. show, the morning show. Mm-hmm. I had to get the newsroom confused with the Aaron Sorkin show, which sure. I really liked the morning show, which that cast is crazy. I, for some reason, I've never watched the full trailer for the morning show. And I thought this was like a totally Jennifer Aniston thing. And then the, like I saw today that Reese Witherspoon and Steve Greller and I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like I'm. Um, that's on my radar. Um, Dickin- Big cast. Dickinson, which is the Emily Dickinson show that's being kind of thought through in modern eyes with Haley Steinfeld. Um, and then today they announced a new show, and they showed a full trailer for it called C with Jason Momoa, who they, is Aquaman. They did announce it, didn't they? They sure did. And this, this was this was something, wasn't it, Kirk? It was something. That's pretty much all I've got on it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So the whole premise of this show is it's in the future, right? Maybe. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like in the future, but everything's like destroyed and, um, but it, it it's like almost like got a wilderness vibe, and so it's not like most post apocalyptic things. It's kind of like. I don't know. It feels like it would be in the past, but it's actually in the future, if that makes any sense at all. The timeline is is being played with. Who knows when whatever event occurred occurred. So lay it out here for us. What is what is this about, Cameron, yeah. from what you've gathered so far so from the world premiere? Basically what they showed us is that this is a world where like 100, 
hundreds of years after modern civilization, the gift of sight was taken away from mankind somehow, either through evolution or by some sort of power, higher power. Nobody can see. Everybody's blind. Um, but then Jason Moamoa's kids, he believes they have the gift of sight. I can't gather from the trailer how he knows that, but he does. How on earth would he know this? He's blind. I know, but like They're all of babies. his other senses are heightened. Yeah, I mean, they are babies. That's the tough thing is that they are like, they're tiny babies. Yes. So they can't talk. They can't do anything. I mean, I can see, and whenever I had a kid, I couldn't have told you if he was blind or able to see. No. Because all they do, you just hold them now it and does feed lo- them. It does look like there's some time jumps. This is a series on apple tv plus so maybe they just put that at the wrong moment because right yeah. before that they showed the babies being born and then jason momoa is in bed and he's like i think she the kids can see There's something different yeah yeah so maybe maybe right but otherwise I'm, I'm judging it, it hardcore right everybody's now. like everybody's like well if that's not fair that they can see they're gonna like rule the world which is i mean a fair assessment i would say um but then their next move is like we have to kill those kids and Jason Momoa is like, no, and that's the whole premise of the TV show. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it looks great. No. Personally, like, I that that whole plot line is pretty shallow in nature, and I'm like, what's going to get me to come watch this thing? I don't know. I no. mean, I guess if I'm just bored. But there's so much content, Kirk. That's the thing. It's like maybe years ago, this would be something I would check out. But nowadays... So much is competing for my time. Like, if you're going to bring a show, you better bring it. And this is this is not doing it for me so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many other things out there. Like, the other three shows that are coming out, I'm going to watch those. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to watch C. And by the time I finish those, there's going to be other better shows than C on that platform probably. But, uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Jason Momoa guy. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe it'll surprise us. This maybe. Bird Box, Quiet Place hybrid. I don't know. Yeah, in that movie Blindness. Yes. Which there was a movie in 2008 called Blind- Blindness that's essentially the exact same plot line where, like, had, like, Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo and, like, Danny Glover, and, and it's basically, like, nobody can see except for one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly, like, the newest, freshest concept either, which I think is the other thing that makes it hard to, like, commit to. Um so anyway, th- that was the only show that they gave us right. to, to taste today. They basically said, oh, we got this show that you've never seen before, along with all the stuff that you have seen. But Apple's entry into the content wars, as we've talked about many times before, is legit. It's legit in the sense that it's conveniently launching 11 days before Disney+. Plus. Savage. Yeah, which was pretty funny. It was like, it's such a classic Apple move to be like, let's see what everybody else does. And we'll hang back here, and then we'll do it better, mm-hmm. and we'll take all the market share. You know, I, I mean, I think that Reese Witherspoon and uh, and everyone in, in the morning show have been recording that show for a long time. We've known that Apple TV Plus was coming. Yeah, we did, we did. And it much different from all the other Apple secrets because they're like, oh yeah, we're we're filming this right now, but we don't know when it's going to air, and to have it just ready to roll out November one, pretty pretty smart. Yeah, and I think that the content is is very interesting, and it's a high-stakes game right now, and it causes you to play differently than maybe you would otherwise. You know, as, as a business, what you're alluding to is basically, like, Apple is operating differently with their content than they would with their other segments of their business, and I think that's because 
there are a lot of powers at play. There's a lot of things shifting the landscape daily. You have to be able to move and adapt and, and do it. And one of the other big things is this thing's going to cost four ninety nine a month, which is which makes them the market leader on price. Yes. Which Apple rarely is the market leader on price on anything, if ever. They're always the opposite. They're right. like, well, we're going to price this whatever we want, and people will buy it. Yeah. Because we're Apple. Great point. That the the industry has kind of led this to make their pricing decision. Yeah. The streaming industry. And and so I think this is legit. People are gonna buy this and that four ninety nine is for your whole family. Wow. It's not just for you. So like if you if you were to subscribe because everybody has different Apple IDs. Like I have a different Apple ID from my wife. So my thought was similar to that, like when I buy something Sometimes my wife might have to buy it too, or like whatever. But they're going to do family sharing on this too, which is good. So four ninety nine gets content for everybody that's in my little Apple iCloud family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all very interesting. I mean, I think that what we're seeing in terms of price and what Disney and Apple have done with price by shooting so low, they are under the impression, for better or worse, that if they can get people in and they can get people locked in and they can get shows that they like that they can do the Netflix thing and gradually raise prices and nobody will throw a fit about it. And they're probably right. Um, Whether or not that remains true when there's so much more competition is one thing. Um, I think what you'll probably see is as prices go up for those other services, people will start to have to have the decision point where they're like, well, I used to be able to afford Apple TV and Hulu and disney plus and whatever now i can't so i need to cut one mm-hmm. and so they're 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 basically betting on themselves and they're betting on their shows to win yes so i mean hey it's i'm here for it give me all the content i'm, I'm interested to see and may the best may the best you know company win and the other ones will fall out of the fray more likely what's crazy is i mean we're gonna see some apple tv plus films in the future that's yeah that's a given right Oh, for sure and you know we have netflix has been nominated and won academy awards Amazon Studios has done the same. Apple Apple is going to win some Academy Awards sometime in the near future. Yeah. With whatever they come up with, yeah, which is crazy. It's definitely that's definitely on the table. I'm um, I'm loving it. And then the other thing, once again, this goes back to them just being really aggressive on price. They're gonna give you a free year if you buy one of their Hallmark Apple products, meaning a new iPhone, a new iPad, or a Mac. They'll give you a full year for free. What if I buy all of them? Do I get like four years for free? I mean, I, mean, I don't have might, enough money it might to do be that. Ne- it, might ne- it might be negotiable, Kirk. It <laughs> might be negotiable. You're like, listen, I'm willing to commit to these three devices <laughs> if you're willing to commit to me three years free Apple TV Plus. Loophole. I, I don't- mean, I did the Disney three-year thing. Yes. Because they'll probably hike in year two or three, probably late year two. They'll probably price hike. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, lock me in. <laughs> I'd rather pay, you know, 140 bucks now for three years when I know I'm going to have it than deal with the rate hike later on Mm -hmm. and deal with one more monthly payment that i have to worry about Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so yeah i mean i think the takeaway here is that apple apple tv plus is for real you're going to hear about it it's it's here to stay um for at least the near term and uh we've got another uh another entry into the content war this should be a good time all right moving right along speaking of content wars speaking of streaming services disney plus um has a show has a hawkeye show which we already knew about but the news coming out is Variety is reporting that Haley Steinfeld, who we mentioned earlier, who has a Dickinson show coming out on Apple TV+, Plus, is going to reportedly play Kate Bishop, who is the female Hawkeye from the comics. 
What are your thoughts on this pairing? I mean, I don't think very many people, myself included, are familiar with Kate Bishop. I haven't read a lot of Hawkeye, but we are familiar with Haley Steinfeld. She's been in True Grit. She's been in Pitch Perfect. She's been in Edge of 17, which is a movie I love, um, and the new Bumblebee movie. So what are your thoughts? I think she's going to nail it. I think this was a good casting choice uh, because Marvel rarely cast people inappropriately or it's, wrong. It's so true. And it's it's a good fit. I, I don't see how this goes wrong. You know, I was my introduction to Haley Steinfeld was not good. I did not like her in Pitch Perfect 2, but I don't same. think that was her fault. No, same. It was a bad character. Bad character. Bad, you know, not the greatest script. I still love yeah. the Pitch Perfect series, even though 2 and 3 are just like, whatever, throw yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm going to rewatch 1 over and over again. But you know what? I She's grown on me and all the other things I've seen her in, and I think it's going to be a home run. Yeah. To everybody listening, if you haven't seen Edge of 17, I would see that. Um, she's incre- <laughs> She's absolutely incredible in that movie, and it's just a really fun movie. And when, if you're a fan of the MCU, like I, I clearly and obviously am, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like you're you're almost like cheering for your sports team with, with them. You're like, yeah, go out and get all the talent. Like there's all these free agents out there and you want to get them. And so every time it's like MCU gets Mahershala and you're like, yes, another one for the brand. And it's like, you know, Haley Steinfeld. I'm like, oh, yeah, another one to add to the team. So. I mean, as many people as they can scoop up and throw on long-term contracts, like, let's do it. Yeah. It's kind of like the Harry Potter universe got every talented British actor right. ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're <laughs> literally just like, all right, who's a Brit? Let's go. The, the MCU is like, we'll take the British, we'll take the Americans, we're just taking everyone good, let's Whoever's go. Whoever's good, let's go get them. So that, that should be a good time. Um, more news. Bad Boys for Life, which we knew about. This is another entry into the Bad Boys series. We had a trailer come out this week, and man, does that look like an absolute blast. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love Bad Boys. Yeah. Have you seen it, Cam? So I've seen, I think I've only seen parts of the first one. And so this just made me, whenever I saw the trailer, I was like, that looks like a total good time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to rush home and watch it. Yeah, man. Bad Boys doesn't get enough love. It It's fantastic. Bad Boys 1 came out early 90s. You've got Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Joey Pants, otherwise known by his real name, Joey Pantaloni. He was in Memento. Yes. Uh, just just some excellent, excellent action. Excellent character banter, uh, insults, fun insults between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. It's so good. Yeah. The and trailer looks so good. Yeah. So the, tra- the trailer looks great, actually. You know, Gabrielle Union was in the second one. Yes. And I don't know. I didn't see her in this trailer. I don't know if she's a part of it. But no, we I'd, did see Vanessa Hudgens. We did see Vanessa Hudgens. Just like for a tiny, tiny bit. Yes. So that's interesting. So I wonder if, uh, you know, how, how big is Vanessa Hudgens' role? Probably big. She's a big star. Uh, is Gabrielle Union going to pop in? Because yeah. she, she plays Martin Lawrence's sister. And this is the third installment right here. Mm. And there will be a fourth one. Oh, for real? Yes. So it, that's already confirmed. Because the trailer kind of makes it there like, one last time. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's like very fast <laughs> and the furious It is, yeah. Uh, so I don't know why they threw that, threw that in there when they absolutely know there's a fourth one like, okay. in pre-production. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, regardless, like, this won me. Like, if the goal of the trailer is to get you to see the film, check. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm there for it. It looks Excellent. like a good time. I know I own one of them, if not two, so I'll let you borrow, yeah, borrow, borrow. those for sure. Yeah, I need sure. to borrow for sure. Okay. Um, other big news, Knives Out, which is a movie we talked about, what was it, episode one? Early on. Yeah, yeah I, think it was, I think it was episode one. This is the Ryan Johnson whodunit movie that has the really good Agatha Christie style whodunit, and we kind of said that we'd keep an eye on this one. It premiered at TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival, um, which, we, which happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, all the film festivals are kind of starting up, so you'll be hearing more from those. 
and it's getting rave reviews, Kirk. I mean, I've been I've been like peeping it, and people are loving it, loving the aesthetic. They said it keeps you guessing the whole way. It has a huge, like the ending, the payoff is really really good. Um, which is this is all music to my ears because I'm really excited for this movie. So, um, sounds like we might have a winner here. Yeah, you were a big fan of this from the first trailer. Yes, and I was hesitant. And I kept rewatching the trailer, and I was like, "All right, it's growing on me." So I'm very happy for you and for the movie. Yeah, that it's a that it's a home run as well, because you know, like like my hesitancy when you get all these stars together, it's like a battle for who's going to take the screen and is the screenwriting for one person or all. And it looks it looks good. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I have such a love hate relationship with festival season. Mm-hmm. I get excited for festival season because you get to hear lots of things about these movies that you've been hearing about for a long time. But it kind of, like, gets you prematurely excited. Like, as soon as I heard all those reviews, I was like, oh, man, it must be coming out soon. Because, you know, the Joker is in the festival circuit, and it's going around and doing its thing. And it comes out October 4th. So So soon. when I saw that Knives Out was in the same boat, I was like, oh, man, that means it's coming out soon. Went to check it. November 27th. I was like, oh, brutal. Come on, Ryan Johnson. How am I supposed to wait that long? Which, it does look like a good Thanksgiving film, I was going to add. It looks like a good Thanksgiving film because it's like, well, the colors are right. Like, the colors of the movie match it. It's like a big family deal. I don't know. It could be fun. Like, people literally want to kill their family at Thanksgiving, so let's watch a movie where that <laughs> actually happens. And this year, Thanksgiving is on the 28th, so it's the day before. Perfect. So we might see some some crazy things happening in the news that day, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, all lots of murders happen. <laughs> I don't oh know. Gosh. Let's hope not. I don't want Sorry, I just spoke that in the universe. I immediately regret it. <laughs> Black Friday gets a new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> Knives out. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope not. But the horror film. So are we gonna go see it the day before Thanksgiving, or are we gonna go see it on Thanksgiving, or are we gonna go see it on Black Friday, oh, or that Saturday? That's that so Saturday. tough because <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of Black Friday. I yeah, I can't do it. I I haven't done it since I've had kids. Maybe once. Like, but man, when I was a kid, my mom would wake me up at like 4 a.m. and I'd be like. This is fantastic. It it was its own holiday, Black Friday, and I had I had a blast. Yeah, I'm hoping to do it again. I've kind of like Black Friday is kind of a sore subject for me because when the Wii came out, when the Nintendo Wii came out, I was in like seventh or seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I wanted that thing. Like, I would have literally killed someone for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is going to be no problem. You know, somebody's going to like my family's going to be able to find it to get it for me for Christmas. No big deal. And people were going to the stores and buying like 10 of them and then selling them for like a thousand dollars each on eBay. No. And I'm like, screw you guys. Like if you're that guy on Black Friday, just know that I and everyone else in the world probably hates you. And you're terrible and you need to rethink everything. That's so wrong. It is. It's wrong. It's wrong. Um, Because you're profiting off of something that like you didn't create. Mm-hmm. The only thing you did was like wake up super early and steal a bunch of people's joy on Christmas morning. Yeah. That's what you did. Uh. It's like the Princess Unicorn episode of The Office where he buys, <laughs> <laughs> where Dwight buys all those Princess yes. Unicorns and selling them at like a huge markup. Oh yes, that's right. That part of our culture, I'm like vehemently against. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the secondary ticketing markets for concerts. I think it's terrible. Because that, for concerts specifically, it didn't used to exist, right? Right. Well, I mean, there were, like, scalpers you could go find, but it wasn't, like, this huge, and I mean huge, industry online. Yeah, and now, yeah, there's, like, six apps that you could take care of that for you. It's, it's, uh, Yeah, it's the reason people have to pay $500-plus to go see Hamilton, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that 
seems very wrong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that it rant over. But anyway, we're gonna go see Knives Out sometime that week. That was the whole point of that story. <laughs> Probably before Black Friday. That way you can go. Exactly. I want to okay. go. Perfect. Um, more festival news, and this is something I'm excited about. You've heard us talk about the Joker a lot, a lot, a lot. It won the Golden Lion Award at the Venice Film Festival, which is the award for best film at the festival. And that may not sound like anything because there's a ton of these festivals and they give out all kinds of awards and it's not usually indicative of anything. But let me let me give you this little piece of info, Kirk. Tell me. The last two films to win that award, a very prestigious award, were Roma and The Shape of Water. Oh, man. Shape of Water won Best Picture. Correct. And deserved it. It should have. It was the best film that year. And Roma, in a lot of people's minds, was last year's Best Picture. Like, a lot of people were already saying Roma's going to win Best Picture. Obviously, it did not. Green Book won um, and was a very worthy winner and should have. But Roma was right there and probably really close to winning it. So, I'm just saying, like, the last two years, the film that has won this award has been nominated for Best Picture and one of them has won. So we could be seeing we this could be our first hint that the Joker is really going to play in award season as has been projected. I agree. I'm I'm just scanning the the Golden Lion award list here and there are a lot of best picture winners or a lot of pictures that had like you know, they won best director but they didn't yeah, win best picture right. and they won best cinematography, best actor, best actress, you know, those things. So yeah, this this has a good chance, and that's pretty yeah. pretty exciting because it's. I mean, technically, it's a super well, it's a super villain movie, right? Uh, we know, we all know that Heath Ledger won Best Actor posthumously for for his portrayal of the Joker, but the film didn't win. Dark Knight Correct. was not nominated of of that gravity, you know. Right. So. Yeah, it's it'll be very interesting, and I saw that Joaquin Phoenix scooped up an acting award at TIFF um, this weekend as well. So excellent. Yeah, th- I mean. It's looking like we're going to have a hit here. I mean, I think that we kind of suspected that, but, you know, here we are. And it it will be very interesting to watch. This is going to be a very interesting award season. Mm -hmm. Like, it's shaping up. The last year, I honestly thought last year was kind of boring. It was. I didn't think that last year was a good year for film at all. This year has been a really good year for film so far, and we haven't even hit the big ones. Mm -hmm. So, I'm... I'm still hype. Joker was on my hype train last week. I'm still hyping on it big time. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is it for what's popping. Yeah. Get all the poppins. <laughs> um, so let's move into our review, which is it chapter two. Did we come up with a new metric for to judge how scary a movie is? Or is it still the Peter Pan scale? I love the Peter Pan scale. One to Peter Pants. Mm-hmm. I like I like whenever things are one to something that's not a number because then you have no idea how many numbers could be in between <laughs> there. You just know like so if I said seven, like I think most people would just assume that that means seven out of ten, but it's not out of ten. It's out of Peter Pants. So right. <laughs> like, that could be a really low score. I don't know. Well, Peter Pants could be a, sh- a short scale too because yeah. how long do, you know how how much does it take for you to pee your pants? From fear? Yes. Quite a bit, Kirk. <laughs> I mean, I. I think it's significant. I, I I can't remember the last time I peed my pants from fear, if ever. <laughs> what about what about laughter? The pee your pants go oh, for laughter. That's very small. Okay. That's like one, two, you pee your pants. <laughs> <laughs> like three is probably 
pee your pants because <laughs> peeing your pants from laughter that happens that's real oh my goodness um, yeah that's the fear fear goosebumps scale would be a good one too Ooh. do you get fear goosebumps yes yeah absolutely Ooh. especially when i watched it the first the first oh. it, it, at midnight uh last friday before we went dude for me and i was talking to my i was talking to my father-in-law about this the other day what is it about us that long hallways are the scariest thing because they are right yes Anytime somebody turns the corner in a scary movie and there's a hallway, or even just in, in in life, if I go to anywhere and I'm by myself and I'm down a long hallway, I get a little bit freaked out. What is that? I don't know, man. I guess it's just you have no way out. Yeah, the maybe only way out is the way you came in. Yeah. Right? May, and maybe. Maybe it's not. Maybe it, the door locked. Who knows? Could be. Um, You just you know what's coming and you can't get away from it, maybe? Yeah. Because for me, the number one fear goosebump inducing thing is something running at the screen. Yes. There is a moment in this in this movie where this was this was a new one where something is running towards you but you can't see it. You mm. can hear it running towards you and holy crap that <laughs> got me big time. I was was that the terrified. first one? The first real jump scare of the movie? I mean, no, there were some good jump scares. Uh, yeah, it There was, was the one where the guy was under the bed. Oh. Yikes. Gosh. Um so, yeah, there were some good jump scares, but that was the one that got me the worst. Yeah. Like, that one, I literally covered my eyes. Yeah. Because I just couldn't handle it. It was pretty funny. I, I was pretty engrossed in trying to stay focused on the film, but there were times when they were like, is this going to scare the crap out of me or not? Am I going to pee my pants? And I turned over to Cameron, and he kind of, like, leaned out of his chair a little bit. Yeah. To, like, cover his face and his mouth, like, do it. Like, trying to hide for a little bit. Like, like he didn't want to jump too hard. Yes. And it was great. Right. And sometimes I caught you in my peripheral when I... I knew a jump scare was going to happen, and you jumped, and I probably jumped harder because I saw you jump. <laughs> at, it was like you were coming at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as far as, like, scare quality, we got some good ones. Yes. We got some good scares for sure. Um, but I want to jump into this review. We're going to start with our tweet synopsis. We'll do Peter Pants scale at the end, okay? <laughs> we'll do Peter Pants scale at the end. Do you want to go first on tweet synopsis, or do you want me to go first? Whoever. I'll go. Do it. I'll go. The Losers Club is back in Derry to fulfill a 27-year promise. This time, in order to take down Pennywise once and for all, they must confront their demons of past and present. That was perfect. Thank you. Loved how you used the word promise in there. Mm. That's key. That's key to this movie. It key is. to this movie. Extremely key. You ready for mine? Yes, I am. Spoiler alert. I don't know if I counted my word count. No, I mean, you can kind of... I mean, I know that mine is less just by looking at it. Okay. I mine might be f- 700 characters. I'm going to read you a little I'll novel I'll listen to here. it, and then I'll tell you if it's too long. I want you to count it as I'm going. Yeah, I'll <laughs> count the characters in my head. I'm really good at that. Here we go. A misunderstood entity tracks down an old group of friends who brood... I can't do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't do the voice, or you just can't read it? I can't do it. It's, it's, it's satire. Here we go again. <clears throat> you got it. You got it. <laughs> this is great. Take, I'm, keep, I'm keeping all of this. Take None two. Of the, oh, yeah. good. Oh, good. Thank you for that. <laughs> a misunderstood entity tracks down an old group of friends who brutally murdered him in a decrepit farmhouse 27 years ago. Taking on his clown-like form again, we follow Pennywise on his vengeful path against these now-grown little monsters with the self-appointed secret club named The Losers. You'll float, too, in this rom-com sequel to the 2017 <laughs> horror flick we've all been waiting for. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. That's funny. That's long. That was definitely long. <laughs> There's no way Twitter's, Twitter's maxing you out on that. 
<laughs> also, as I read that, I don't. I mean, it, obviously, it was a little silly of a synopsis, but the balloons are like shaking hard. You're as under I've the been shadow of it. the balloons, and they are not pleased with your jokes about Pennywise, their master. I'm going down, guys. This might be my last. All episode. red balloons come back to Pennywise. He's that's like his superpower is that he owns that he has dominion over all red balloons. I know. I saw this Funko Pop of Winnie the Pooh. He has a little red balloon. Oh no. And I was I just thought of Pennywise. I didn't think of Pooh Bear. Dude, there's something about red balloons though mm-hmm. that makes them I mean, I was not able to float with these balloons. Though mm-hmm. I didn't try. Maybe I wasn't in the right mindset, but you know Pooh can float with his. Yes. He does. He floats up, and, you know, he's a little black rain cloud. That's right. So there's something about red balloons that will actually carry full-grown things. I mean, Pooh <laughs> is a stuffed animal, but even still, you need a pretty legit balloon. He's only got one balloon. One. So there, there's some sort of mystic power. Maybe um, Pennywise and Pooh are in league in some in some way. I don't know, man. I'd like to see you try to jump with these and see what happens. Literally nothing would happen. <laughs> I'd come four <laughs> inches off the ground, and then I would fall right back. Oh, you can from. jump higher than no. that. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, now that we had one tweet synopsis and one l- really long synopsis, <laughs> <laughs> both were good. No, just yours. <laughs> just yours. Let's move into And the Oscar Goes To. Huge cast in this movie. I mean huge. Because in addition to... The Old Losers Club, which was still a very big part of this movie, which I I think maybe more so than I thought. I don't know what I was anticipating, but they were in it a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In addition to them, we have our our new cast of characters. So, Kirk, um, I'm going to go first. Thank you. Because I I went first on the synopsis, so I'm going to go first here. Perfect. This was tough. This was actually a really tough choice because I do do think we got some really good acting performances. I went with James McAvoy. All right. I thought... He was really good. I thought this movie was a little bit more. This was a little bit more Bill's story, in in some ways because the first one, sometimes it's Bev's story, sometimes it's Bill's. They do a really good job of balancing the ensemble, and I think a lot of that good balancing carries over into this movie. But there are a few points in this where you get the feeling like, this is his fight, and this is his. You know, he, he's he's lost the most uh, because he literally lost his brother to Pennywise in the first movie. So this is his this is his fight. And James McAvoy, we know he can bring it. Mm-hmm. We know he can. He doesn't always get the best ro- roles, but we know that he can do it. And he brought it. Um, he brought it. He brought a lot of energy. He gave us a really good performance. I thought that the scenes where he was by himself or away from the rest of the ensemble cast were actually better. Um, I thought that there were, you know, sometimes the ensemble lifts up someone's performance, but I think James McAvoy, for whatever reason, performed better. Um, I mean, he was great in both, but I think he performed better when he was on his own and just really kind of stepped into his own. Um, And I really enjoyed the performance. It it was a tough choice because, like I said, there were a lot of good actors, but I thought that James McAvoy stood above the rest. I think that's a great choice. My only qualm with James McAvoy in this film is that he's pretty good at putting on an American accent, it it wavered quite a bit into his Scottish, but it, but not when he was alone, and maybe that's something. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mm-hmm. think that's fair. Um, it was, it's kind of hard for me because they're like they're from Maine. Yes. So I'm almost like. <laughs> Is that a Maine accent? <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, I think it's like a fair question. Um, and so there were times where I thought the same thing, and so I'm asking myself like, well, it's he would have a. He would have a slightly northeastern sound to him. True, but it it's it was a tough balance, and there were times where I was like, 
okay, he I can kind of hear a little bit of Scottish James McAvoy. Yeah. Um, but it w- for me, it was never overwhelming, and it was better when he was on his own. I think it was mostly um, when he got to a high-intensity level that mm, it came out a that's little bit. That's very true. Yep. Um, so, and a lot of those were with the ensemble cast. So, But it's a, it's a fair critique, I would say. And, man, let's also say that one of the hardest things – there are two really difficult things to do in acting. One is play drunk. That is – few people can do that well. Sure. Two is fake a stutter, is to yes. adapt a stutter. And James at McAvoy, he did such a good job. He did, and, and even to the point where everybody's stutter is a little bit different, and he made sure, like, he clearly put in time to study the first movie a lot. Yes. Because even his facial expressions, whenever he would have those moments where he was having a hard time finding his words, were, like, spot on. Yes. Yeah. So that was really good. Big fan. I hope he wins an Oscar one day. He Man, we can it. only hope. We he can only hope. And the Oscar goes to Jessica Chastain for me. Yeah, good one. That she's, was that was my runner-up. She's so good. You know, she plays the older Beverly. And like you said, this is more of Bill's story. They do a good job sharing the ensemble. And Beverly, while Bill is trying to hold it together, and he's the, he's the catalyst because it was his brother, and he, he has the biggest connection to Pennywise, um, Beverly has the next biggest one because she's, the, first of all, the only girl in the group. So there's just a different relational relationship yeah. element to that. And she's really just taking care of everyone, like in a different way than, right. than Bill is, than James McAvoy is. So um, her and Sophia Lillis, who played the younger Beverly, they did such a good job of balancing these obstacles of love, life, and death. So kudos to Jessica Chastain and being, some in, pretty, uh, being in some pretty horrible situations. Yeah, and so I'll give you my reason why I didn't choose her, which is that I felt like we didn't get to spend a lot of time with her. Yes. And it's a three-hour film, so that seems weird to say. And she's around. It just, I don't know. There were so many times where she was on screen but wasn't the focal point, And there were very few times where we got to spend time with that character. And in the first film, we get we get to spend a lot of time with Sophia Lillis's version of, um, you know, Beverly. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, one of the best parts of that movie. And she's really great. So I was really looking forward to more of that. Maybe th- maybe that was why I felt like we didn't get as much time because I wanted more. But it just seemed like we didn't get a lot of time with yeah, her. Yeah, you nailed it. Because even the love triangle was uh, was much stronger in the first one than yes. in this one. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's move on to Scene Stealer. I will go first. Tough one as well. Go for it, man. Yeah, I had to go Bill Hader. There you go. Because he was the comedic element in this movie and really the only solid comedic element. And his ability to walk the line between comedy and drama um, is his number one trait. It's why he's so good. It's why he's great in a show like Barry. Um, That's why I thought it was a perfect casting decision here. And I didn't think either... I didn't think either part of his performance lacked. I thought the comedy was the more he was, it was his impact on the film was his ability to bring that. And I just really like when he was on screen, you were, you were laughing at him or, or keeping an eye on him. Cause he just does such a, such a great job. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that he really rounded out this ensemble cast and provided a much, much needed element that, um, I honestly, like the reason is like, I only think he could do it. Yes. <laughs> I like, I was sitting there thinking, who else could do this adequately? And I was coming up blank. And that's why I had to choose him because I'm like, well, it's not just that he played this role and he did it well. It's like, I don't know who else could have played this role and done as good a job. Mm-hmm. I legitimately don't. Yeah, what was cool is when they f- were 
wrapping the first film, they asked all the kid actors, well, who do you think would play you for the 27 years fast forward? And uh, Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader were named as two of them. The other ones didn't work out for schedules or whatever. And these two were Bill Hader, Jessica Chastain, and they, they killed both of their yeah, roles. Yeah, they're uh, so good. You're so right. There, there wouldn't have been anyone else to play this role better. Yeah. It's so perfect. I will go ahead, and um, I knew Bill Hader would be such a good pick for this. I'm going to go ahead and let you have that. My scene stealer, slightly different, is going to be Jaden Martell. Yes. Who plays young Bill. Yep. That kid, I'm telling you, he's about to explode. He's insane. He's 16 years old. He has had several films where he's the title character as a child, and and the you know basically the title character, not the title character, but because it Pennywise is it. Right. But you know, one of the biggest protagonists of the ensemble, right? So his stutter is incredible. We talked about James McAvoy's stutter. His is so good, and he's only 16. He was probably like 13 when he filmed the first It film. Um, he's one to watch. He's like a he's like a little colonel, Cameron. Yes. And he's going to pop. Pop into a beautiful piece of popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We should have like a watch li- a colonel watch list yeah. of actors. Hot colonels about to pop. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we just created something. Oh, <laughs> yes. Did you guys hear that sound? That was the sound of creative fusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you're right. It, it reminds me of Tom Holland. Yes. Well, and I, I like to bring this up as often as possible because this is one of my big I told you so's. It's mm. how I was really high on Tom Holland before a lot of people were. I was like guys check it out i just saw this movie called the impossible with naomi watts and tom holland was in it and he was really good he's gonna be the next big thing this this kid is right there he's gonna be there i mean he's gonna he's in knives out yes he so is that's exciting yeah he's in he's also in this uh, i guess it was a book um uh it's called defending jacob this is coming out in a couple years with chris evans and michelle dockery aka captain america and lady mary from downton abbey mm-hmm. so he's he's not stopping and i'm really excited to see what what happens yeah, we'll with keep him, an so. eye on him for sure so look out for him he does a great job in this movie perfect i think that's a really good choice all right let's go to showstoppers i'll start i'll start first here um i hate to keep talking about the cast but it was my it, it's my showstopper that's great is the casting um the ensemble cast is one of those things where as soon as they announced it, which was like three days after it chapter one came out, I think it was just called it, not it chapter one. But as soon as it came out, you were like, man, that, that should be great. And it was, it was, this was the driving force of the film. I think the ability to bounce back and forth pretty seamlessly between the past and today. And just, you have to give a lot of credit to the people who were, you know, the actors for, (laughs) for studying up on the characters and, really giving us a feel of like oh he does seem like an older version of bill or or she does feel like an older version of beverly um because that is the that is the thing that holds this movie together and there's a very every character in this movie has a very personal journey that they go through but there's also the collective Mm -hmm. journey and so you have to have people who can carry scenes by themselves as well as in an ensemble they can't just be bit pieces they can't just be gadgets they have to be able to have to be able to act like really well um and that's what we got here and so i thought that the casting was really well done and that it was probably the best decision that was made in this movie excellent choice my scene stopper show stopper sorry (laughs) 
What's your scene stop? I'm still here? rattled from being ho- scared to death <laughs> <laughs> before we started You're recording. Like looking over your shoulder. I got balloons. Like, does he have something else playing? Is someone like crawling on the floor, like Not Charles week, Manson Kirk. style? All right, showstopper. My showstopper. Um, so we know this is a horror movie. Yes. There is a, a terrific bathroom blood scene that happens in mm. this film, and I read up on it. it supposedly, it is the most fake blood used in a horror film. I believe sure. it was something like 25,000 gallons of fake blood and man, do they do a good job of it. It's it's it looks like real blood. There's great lighting. Um the character that's in this scene does a fantastic job and I just loved it. I thought it was so well executed and I'd I'd watch just clips of that. Yeah. Which sounds strange. <laughs> you watch just <laughs> clips of people in a bathroom oh full of blood, Kirk. <laughs> Can I Sweet. take that back? Nope, it's out there. It's out there. Um, it's okay. I kind of get what you mean. I I was watching like Jessica Chastain talk about how it was kind of brutal to film that scene because you had to be covered in fake blood for like hours upon hours because they're taking reshoots. They want to make sure they get it right. Mm-hmm. Yikes! That yeah. was her. That was her personal horror film was having to be drenched in in fake blood the whole time. But yeah, that scene is insane it's a doozy and the production value throughout this movie is really high as to be expected i think it had a pretty big budget so Mm -hmm. um the first one was so successful that they brought it for this movie Mm -hmm. so that was that's a good one all right let's jump into director's shoes my (laughs) my suspicion is that there will be a lot here so we can kind of rap about it uh we'll we'll take turns but you know feel free to jump in if you have something to say so my overall, the overarching theme of this director's shoes is that this movie should have been much better. They had all of the pieces. They had a great, great, great first movie. Um, they had an incredible ensemble cast. They had a big budget. They had a Stephen King written source material. Um, and with all of that going in its direction, there are a lot of things that this movie does very clumsily. Um, first of all, it has a hard time setting up the characters which sounds crazy because you've got characters that are already established the the crowd or your 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 audience has already seen them and they're familiar with them so yeah i mean you have to you have to show them 27 years later so you have to provide some sort of backstory there but it just felt really weak and like something that i thought should be a softball knock it out of the park they struggled with it and so you finally get to like 30 minutes in and you're like whoo that was a little rough let's let's get on track where you know we're we're back in dairy we're making progress like let's let's get things going and that's where the movie really comes into its own um so i would have definitely changed the beginning i would have done something that felt more organic leave a little bit more unsaid and just like we know these characters you don't have to tell us that much you don't and and they didn't tell us a ton but you don't have to go into it that much. We don't need big long scenes with them. Yeah, I mean, we could we could do with like a a, a one minute scene per character, and sometimes we had like a ten minute scene per yeah, character where they're yeah. building all this groundwork that doesn't really get touched on again later. It's like kind of irrelevant. So that was one thing. And then, man, this movie. And I don't want to say that it was just too long because I think that when I heard that it was two hours and fifty minutes, I was like, that seems like an adequate amount of time for what they have to cover. But the last hour of this movie really, really, really drags. All of the scare is sucked out of you by that time. They've kind of like used all their tricks for lack of a better term. Like all of the scares that they do in the last hour, they've, they've been like, they've lost all their momentum. Mm -hmm. And so they've been kind of like, it's taking them so long to get to the climax of the movie that by the time they get there, 
and there's all this stuff that's supposed to be like kind of like the grand finale at a fireworks show where there's lots of things happening and it's all really exciting it falls flat mm-hmm. um and it just takes forever i mean they're they're in this one location for the what's supposed to be the climax of the film and like kind of the wrap-up for so long and i'm getting tired remembering it <laughs> yeah and it's like all these different scary things are happening and none of them are hitting every single one is like falling flat you you're kind of numb to the side of pennywise even because i think that they showed us a little bit too much of him and also like there's a lot of grossness going on too which is kind of weird like lots of like gross things rather than inherently scary things um so yeah i mean all of that i know that that was kind of word vomit <laughs> in a lot of ways but i just thought the pacing of this movie was really not good um and so it kills the whole story um so i don't know i guess that's that's basically my take mm-hmm. is that it should have been much better the pacing kind of killed killed the vibe and so when it gets over you're just left with kind of a feeling of like man parts of that were really good like the middle section was really good and mm-hmm. and but at the end you're like eh, that wasn't that wasn't great yeah and you can definitely th- treat this movie as three acts act one uh getting acquainted with what's happened since the kids left dairy and came yep. back act two is like all right it's on let's let's figure out how we can take this guy down and then act three taking him down right um great i had a lot of the same notes you know they have speaking to what you said they have the source material they have they have the book now a reminder this was one entire book this was not something you know it part one it part two for like Mm -hmm. the miniseries it was it is one complete book they had the roadmap for them the entire time so any parts that seemed weak they could have improved on they knew where they were going they knew what they needed to do uh they didn't have to create anything new they just had to refine it for the screen and I don't think they did the best job at that, unfortunately, because it one was so perfect. So, so good. It was so perfect. Um, and you're right. There was too much Pennywise. You, you took the words out of my mouth. There, everyone was, like, mad that there wasn't more Pennywise online. Like, there are reviews online right now that say, I need more Pennywise. Like, For no. this movie? For this one. Oh, no way. No. He was, He's all over it. He was overcrowded with it. Part of the fear of Pennywise is that you only get bits of him and snippets and him sometimes you only see his eyes sometimes you only see his hands you know like stuff like that and him taking on other forms than the clown right because he is a he's an evil entity correct he is not just an actual just demented clown he's so much more than that so you know it was good if if you break it down into those three parts you're right the middle section was the best uh some noticeable mistakes there were some weird things where i didn't know if if it was a vision if it was symbolic or if it was a flashback right struggled there a couple of times uh, so those are those are my thoughts too. Yeah, and the other thing that I brought up, you were talking about um, how they referenced back to the story and they needed to tweak some things mm-hmm. and refine it. Um, the stuff that they just flat out added was also very clunky and very forced. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. I don't. Maybe people who read the book were like, "Oh, that was a good addition." But for me, when I went back and checked what stuff was actually in the book and what stuff wasn't, the stuff that wasn't that they added, I was like, "Oh, why?" Like that makes no sense or you or maybe it did make sense and they just executed really poorly it just i don't know it just felt really clunky and really clumsy Mm -hmm. and then i guess uh same thing i haven't read the book but people have said they added things appropriately that they didn't see in the miniseries however they didn't take them to their full fruition so it was like hey this happens and this is an important part of this character but they didn't complete it so 
take that as you will. Uh, it's it's a it's messy. Let's yeah. just call it that. It's messy. Yeah, even the even the best section of this movie, the the middle part, is very like like formulaic and rhythmic, so that you're you're literally counting down. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we've had these two things happen, so now we need these four things to happen without giving too much away. Like. You're literally sitting there going, okay, so we've seen this, we've seen this, or we know that these next... And, and because you feel that, it makes you get this sense of like, okay, come on, let's go. Like, we know what's going to happen, so let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and that shouldn't be a situation that happens. Even if, you're, even if your crowd has read the book or whatever, they should be excited to see what's next instead of feeling like, well, we know what's coming, so let's move on. Right. As a filmmaker, you have to shatter expectations. So even if that's the formula you have to do... You have to figure out a way to then like surprise us throughout that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's um let's give some final thoughts, and then we'll score it. I can go first here. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I thought that the middle section was good, and I really enjoyed it. And I was I was preparing for a big finish, and I was kind of like scoring it in my head as I went, and I was like, hey, we're we're doing all right, you know. Mm-hmm. It's struggled out of the gate, but we're getting there. And then it let me down in such a big way at the end that. The way that it ends doesn't even feel final, which since this is supposed to be final because it's like the end of the book, I don't know that there's going to be an It Chapter 3. They're, like People are talking about an It Chapter 3, like they're going to create some new... I, I don't know about any of that. Anyway, this was supposed to be the real end, and it doesn't feel final. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're build, they build towards something, and then it's just... It's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm going to have to go... 5.5 mm-hmm. um, out of 10 because the production value is high and for that reason I think it goes goes above the average mark of like a 50 it goes above that but not much higher because I just kind of handicapped them for like it should have been way better um, and I, I even I like throughout this review I've had a hard time finding my words just because it's hard to explain but it's just it doesn't feel when you're done it's you're just you're just left with like a really clunky and clumsy movie and you don't really know how to feel about it mm-hmm. and so it just even like when you and i were in the parking lot we were like trying to have conversations about it and every time we would start on something it'd like oh yeah but do you remember this like that was kind of weird or <laughs> yeah like, like drifted oh, away that thing that was supposed to be scary that wasn't really that scary and so you can't even really you can't really pull together your thoughts on it it's just a weird movie yeah yeah, even final thoughts are hard for me now. Um, the parts, I would say even the jumps, jump scares are all, are usually fun because you, that that suspension of disbelief that you have, like I'm watching a movie, but you legitimately just get horrified of things when you're watching a movie. Like that's fun when you realize that you're safe and okay and that you're not actually in peril, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that part of it is fun. Right there in the middle section has a good stride. Uh, you can't discount this whole movie. I would say go see it, but yeah, it has mistakes. We just want you to be aware of. Yeah, and yeah, I, for sure. For that, I would go ahead and give this. In the world of horror, um, this gets a five point eight kernels. Okay, good. I think I think it is hurt by the fact that the first one was so good. So good. Um, but it's just hard. You know, maybe if this was like an original idea, we could give it a little bit more a little bit more credit mm-hmm. but with this being based on a book and being adapted and with the first one being a smash hit it's like you gotta cut you gotta crush it you do and they didn't so um man that that was a tough movie to review it was I, I, like i had lots of thoughts and then as i was talking about it, it's like falling apart in my head because it's just nothing is consistent and i don't know it's it's tough so 
really good jump scares in the early going to the point where it's worth it and it's it's fun to see the 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 kids and like the new actors and it's good to get some an ending to the story that you get in the first one if for nothing else i think to your point like go see it because you get that Mm -hmm. um but it it just should have been better Mm -hmm. so that is it chapter two pennywise is a great villain as we all know he's a he's kind of like i mean bill skarsgård's pennywise is great tim curry's pennywise is really great they're both very different and Um, both so horrifying so scary for different reasons too the bill skarsgård pennywise the voice the eyes how he does that thing with his eyes which is real it's real he can do it yeah yeah it he's got a lot of cool tricks up his sleeve for Mm -hmm. pennywise and i really like i kind of like that version of it so i wanted to talk like we were talking about what can we do for top five and based on pennywise it's like let's do top five horror movie villains because i think the best horror movies are the ones that have a central character or a central thing that you're scared of Mm -hmm. um there are some where it's like a group of things and we can talk about that too. But I think that more so than like, I don't know, like the purges of the world where it's like, you're scared of the concept more so than a thing. I think those movies are just better. Like Freddy Krueger. Yes. Jason. Like there's a reason those are really popular is because they have this one figure that mm. you get scared of. You mm-hmm. know? And it, it just, those are really a lot of fun. So let's, let's do top five horror movie villains and you can kick us off here. Okay. I got to go with number five. And I don't know the character's name. I should have written this down, but maybe it's just the actress. Kathy Bates in Misery. Yeah, Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. There yes. it is. Woo! She She is Bro. horrifying. I would never want to cross Kathy Bates. I think Kathy, well, yeah, Bates, Kathy Bates, is, Bates is terrifying. is the Wilkes character. Yeah. She's so scary. Such a great actress, but like so, so scary. Yes. I mean, even in The Office where she's playing a comedic role when she comes in as the owner of Saber, Sabre, whichever. Yeah. And she, uh, she, I'm horrified of Intimidating. her. Intimidating. Yes. And she says cryptic things. They're kind of like playing on that. Dude, no. Breaks James Cairn's ankles and feet and just Bro. terrorizes him. And oh, she's horrifying. That, she's, so that movie has so many scary moments. Mm-hmm. The Breaking Ankles is one of them. The one that actually scarred me for life is when the cop shows up and James Conn's like in the basement mm-hmm. and he's like, help, help. And the cop shows up and he's like, don't worry, man, I got you. And then he gets shotgunned in the back and falls down the stairs. Yes. Holy smokes. She's evil, man. She's a good villain. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> she was she was in my considerations list and yikes. She is scary. Okay. Number five. I am going to go with a group okay so bear with me okay the zombies from the george romero night of the living dead series mm-hmm. um, night of the living dead dawn of the dead day of the dead land of the dead all of those i love those movies so so much and i love those zombies because they're classic zombies they're real zombies in my mind they're slow they're afraid of fire they're you know they like they just like walk towards things and try to eat them mm-hmm and that first night of the living dead movie is like a total masterpiece and i watch it every halloween i absolutely love it and i just love the zombie concept it it gives it's given us so much good source material but i still think something about okay so did you ever see the movie it follows i've not okay so in it follows that's another scary movie i recommend it the whole point is like you have this entity that's walking towards you at all times 
like it follows you everywhere and you can't let it catch you it's constantly coming to you that's what zombies are Mm -hmm. they are slow and they don't seem that scary but they're constantly coming Mm -hmm. and like having anything that's just like a lingering fear is like the scariest thing it's something that you don't feel like you can beat because there's so many zombies and it's just really hard to like it's it's scary but it's not scary in the the way people think of most like they're not going to make you jump and freak out because they're not fast i mean world war z they're fast yikes so fast which i contend just a quick sidebar world war z zombie situation happens or like 28 days later or whatever we're gone in in, like no time Uh, in a day and that's why it's kind of like not scary to me because i'm like it's over right Whereas, like, with the slow zombies, you have to, like, try to build your life and knowing that those things are always coming. And every time somebody dies, there's more coming. So, right. yeah, I got to go with those. That's a great choice. My number four is also a, a, a group mm. a group choice. Good. I was worried I was going to be alone on that. Not at all, man. Let me tell you. This comes from um, Roman Polanski's wonderful hit, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-mm. We should do like top five movies you'll never watch again. Yeah. Just gonna be going. <laughs> no way. Not a chance, dude. Rosemary's Baby, horrifying, so horrifying. Um, yeah, the whole group that the whole Satan worshippers that want to take Rosemary's Baby. Mm-mm. Yeah, nope. no, that's a hard no. Nope. There's there's not much else to say about that. Like, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm getting a little shaky. Yeah, they're not on the list because they're like like a good villain and like something that you can look forward to seeing. And maybe they're on the list because they're absolutely so scary yes. that you have to speak about them because they shook you to your core. Yes. And they did such a good job. Like I didn't even think I was watching a movie. I think I was watching a documentary and those people were actually Ugh. that, that insane. Yeah. I just got fear, fear chill there. Oh, get to number, get to your number four quickly. Okay. My number four, this is tough. Okay. I'm going to go with Katie from the paranormal activity series. Okay. And she's not by no means is like a traditional villain because she's just like possessed by something. But holy crap, if she doesn't scare the living crap out of me that those movies, I don't care what anybody else says. I will contend they are just terrifying. The first three, at least, are so, so scary. The second one has a scene in it that to this day I think about when I'm home by myself. And it's always Katie. You know, she's always there. And I just like I can't if I she's a real person and an actress and she's still around. Like if I ever saw her, I think I would just die. <laughs> I'm so scared of her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that one may not be the most relatable pick. But if you've seen those movies and if they hit you the way they hit me, mm-hmm. there's nothing scarier than Katie. I've not seen any of the paranormal activities. Bro, bro. the first one is like it was a super low budget project. But man, the finale of that movie. Oh, because they've got this fixed camera. So that's what's so scary about this. I was telling you earlier about how things are running at you mm-hmm. or like things coming towards you and you can't move. Paranormal Activity does a good job because they've got this fixed camera that's in their bedroom. And so it's like right out their door is the stairs. And so when things happen in the basement, if the door's open, the stairs are right there. So if something's coming up the stairs, it's coming right at the camera. Oh, my goodness. And it's a fixed camera, so it doesn't move. Bro, I can't. I can't even talk about it. I'm getting freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the running straight toward this the screen and get out that same that oh, same effect man yes absolutely terrifying yeah so that they they have a scene like that in paranormal activity four which was not that good of a movie but in mm. the fourth one somebody runs straight at the screen so so scary I screamed out loud I can't do it okay number three three the witch from the Conjuring mm. 
this movie is horrifying. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, Patrick Wilson and uh, is it Vera? I can never pronounce her last name. Oh, yeah. Name. What is her name? Um, she was in The Departed, uh, opposite of Leonardo DiCaprio. She's fantastic. Um, yeah, The Witch. Why is it that we've had so many females? I think because <laughs> I've just been realizing that we've had a couple of, a couple of female villains because you don't you don't want them to be villains because women are so wonderful and usually men are evil creatures <laughs> when yeah, you think typically. about and so that's why it's that much more horrifying when we have these uh, these characters in villains and horror films yeah. so the witch and the conjuring man a- any moment she appears uh, i cried i jumped i i watched this uh w- with your cousin zach and he was laughing at me because he had seen the whole movie he knew what was coming and uh oh she's so scary terrifying yeah can't do it number three <clears throat> number three I am going to go with Michael Myers. Very nice. I'm going to go with Michael Myers. The thing about Halloween that's so good, I'm talking about Halloween 1 specifically. I've seen the others, and some of them are good, and some of them are bad. But when, first of all, the noise, the you know, the high-pitched thing, mm-hmm. scary. The music is scary. Michael Myers is crazed, you mm-hmm. know. And he's he's kind of one of those guys who doesn't really move quickly. He's just kind of coming at you. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's nothing you can do to stop him because he's a total brute. Mm-hmm. You can, like, shoot him a thousand times and, he, and push him out a window and he, like, is still there. But the thing that is scariest about him, the most scary thing, is that he doesn't care if it's nighttime or daytime, bro. Nope. Doesn't care. When Jamie Lee Curtis first season, he's just chilling outside. Mm-hmm. What's up, sis? During, during the day. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's what's happening? You know, she sees him, and then she's like, oh, and then she looks back, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Michael Myers. Dude, talk about jump scares. That's why that series That is. movie is all jump scares. Yes. It's a true slasher pick, and mm-hmm. it is a really scary one. Yes. Great choice. Number no, two. Number two. Got to go with Jigsaw from the Saw series. Mm. Not that all those movies are good, but in every... Uh, iteration of it he is a horrifying man tobin bell yeah i haven't seen him in too many things outside of saw he definitely did other things but holy cow he is just a creepy guy absolutely creepy guy sidebar on this one sure chris rock is like rebooting the saw series right that is correct yes i don't know how because i i stopped watching after the third one yeah uh but we should dissect that at some point because that is I haven't done a ton of research into it. I just remember mm-hmm. seeing it as a headline and being like, wait, what? Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently Chris Rock, big fan. Huge fan. He's a big He's a big jigsaw guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just Chris Rock is just at home uh, driving around in circles on a tricycle. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a horrifying must mask. Must be terrifying to live in Chris Rock's house. He's probably like, would you like to play a game? <laughs> <with you?" laughs> oh, gosh. That'd be, that'd be great. I would, I would see that. If Chris Rock is in the movie, too, that'd be gold. Yes. I think it'd be great. Yeah, no, he should be, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, my number two. I am going to go with Jaws. Excellent. From Jaws. I don't know if he has a name. Shark. <laughs> Shark bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just call him Jaws. Jaws. I think the co- thing that's cool about Jaws, um, first of all, he's a shark, mm-hmm. which is great. He great or she, white. I mean, I guess we don't know if it's a male or female. They'd probably say in the movie, but no clue. Probably find out later. Um, great white shark. Massive. Mm-hmm. You know, really scary and i think the thing is like word on the street is that like people weren't scared of sharks before that mm-hmm. because shark attacks don't happen often it's kind of an irrational fear like they can happen and there's something to be aware of just as, just the same way that you should be aware of bears right um 
and that they're out there and that they can hurt you. But like the odds that you get killed by a shark or hurt by a shark at some point in your life are infinitesimal. But mm-hmm. what, I'm sorry, out. what word did you use again? Infinitesimal. That's a fantastic word. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but Steven Spielberg said, I'm going to make everybody afraid of sharks. And does a great job with the you know the John Williams score, of course, which is incredible. It's iconic. It's one mm-hmm. of the best ever. And the great cast, a really, really great cast mm-hmm. of characters. Um, and that shark, he's just awesome. And Steven Spielberg did such a good had such a good idea because the shark is a giant puppet. And right. not not that they had the CGI technology to do that when it happened. So fantastic and i know that it was horrible to work with for all the horror yeah. stories about it that everyone hated having to maneuver that thing but i mean it, it kills on the screen well and i think what works so well about that is like because it was so horrible to work with he knew that he wasn't gonna be able to show it a lot mm-hmm. but the fact that you don't see it a lot is what makes whenever you do see it it's mm-hmm. like oh crap it's actually here yes like it's eating the boat and quint's gonna fall into its mouth that's right just like the fear of it's coming it's looming just like how pennywise should have been a little bit less a little bit yeah too. We'll held back on on uh, uh, chapter two here. Number one. Number one. Number one. This is one of I don't know. I hope there are other people out there that love this film series. Okay. This comes from the Phantasm series. Okay. I love this movie. I love these movies. There's five of them. They're fantastic. Got to go with the Tall Man. And yes, that mm. is his character's name, the Tall Man. Yeah. Played by Angus Scrim. So, so talk to me about the tall man. Let's let me let me tell you what happens with the tall man. So the tall man uh, takes dead people mm-hmm. and smashes them into like Jawa sized people. Sure. And then kind of gives them zombie life, zombie like life back. Oh, great. And enslaves them to his his interdimensional world. Oh. The tall man should not nor ever be messed with he he's got this these crazy arsenal of weapons that he uses to kill the living so that he can then crush them and make them into his mm. slaves and man i tell you it's it's something not it, it's wonderful it's a wonderful yeah, series a lot, a lot of moving parts there with the tall man <laughs> yes, he's, got, he's got a very uh <laughs> very uh highbrow operation yes you know taking people smashing them down mm-hmm. zombifying them mm-hmm uh, enslaving them enslaving them, make them part of the culture you know the yes. tall man culture and i say jawa on purpose because they they actually have robes you never oh. you never you see that you see their faces once or twice throughout the series but they have robes they look like jawas you can't they're in brown robes and they're tiny uh so the well tall that man, sounds really scary played by the the late great angus scrim i mean there rest is in peace no one better than him no yeah. one better than him Number one villain horror wow. movies. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have to check those out. I mean, you've been you've been on me about this. I have. I have to watch Phantasm, so I'm gonna check it out. Though I'm kind of scared of the tall man, to be quite honest with you. You should be. As a tall person, I I'm torn. Besides, if I should be supportive of my tall brethren, mm. or if I should be afraid of being shrunk down and zombified. I think the I think the latter. Probably the latter. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm landing on too. Okay, my last one. I think it's a good one. Okay. Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Doesn't get much scarier than This that. is not the new Texas Chainsaw Massacres. They're the old one, the original one, mm-hmm. is the scariest movie. I'm putting it out there right now. The first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the scariest movie I have ever seen and wow. maybe the scariest movie of all time. That movie is terrifying. Still holds up to this day. Go watch it. It'll freak you out. And Leatherface is kind of the focal point in his whole jacked up family with all their crazy beliefs and the grandpa that's 
barely living or not even alive and they're like using there's a scene in this movie this is really messed up mm-hmm. where they like use this grandpa of the family who's like either barely alive or not alive and they're just like keeping his body around they use him to like hammer somebody's head in and it's like really slow and really horrible got me and the whole Leatherface clan but mostly him he himself mm-hmm. Leatherface, scary shake me to my core that's insane i've never seen the original Oh, dude! I've seen your your I've seen your Jessica Biel Texas no. Chainsaw, but not uh, not the OG. No, no the the original is very scary. Okay, very very scary. Yeah, it's got to go on my list. I recommend it. We need a whiteboard or a spreadsheet, and that we just track like, okay, this must watch. You know? Yes, homework. I agree. Um, so if you have top five people, mm-hmm. uh, horror movie villains that you would like us to talk about, or that you had on your list that we didn't have. Let us know. We're going to give a couple honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah, I sure do. Go ahead. I'm going to go, well, Pennywise. That was one that neither yes. of us had. I, I think mostly because I really like the It movies, um, the the old and the new, but I didn't read the book, and I'm not like a huge Stephen King guy, so that for me, like he's never going to have that high of an esteem in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, Chucky. Excellent. <laughs> Which Chucky's, Chucky's a lot of fun. On my list as well. Um and then I also had Nosferatu. Are you familiar with Nosferatu? A little bit. <laughs> so Nosferatu is like this ancient, basically Dracula movie. It's a vampire movie. And it's one of these silent films that has the, you know, like they show a little bit of a scene and then they stop and then there's words that pop up on the screen. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those movies that was like they would play music to it, you know. <laughs> um and if you've never seen it, I recommend it. It's really fun. He, it's, it actually holds up a little bit to this day. Not, not really well, but they did some fancy camera work with the way that Nosferatu moves. He kind of like phases, like he's kind of like, he's there, but he's not. And he's kind of like in between a state of like being solid matter and not at all times. And mm. the way that he moves is like kind of creepy mm. <laughs> still. And mm. it's black and white. Yeah. I'm, I- like like let's just say if you put a cardboard cutout of Nosferatu in someone's room, <laughs> it would terrify them. So I think he deserves to be on a scale of on one that. to pee your pants <laughs> yeah. if they see that. It's or a it's a pee your pants. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, you know, Jason. We didn't talk about Jason. Oh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. For dude, or just Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Robert England, not Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Listen to me. Okay, so I'm I'm a theater guy, right? When the when the Emmy Rossum, Patrick Wilson, um, Phantom of the and Gerard Butler Phantom of the Opera came mm. out, uh, my aunt found out that I w- really wanted to see it, and she, my mom came home one day. She's like, "Oh, your aunt bought you this." I was like, "Mom, this doesn't come out to theaters yet. This makes no sense." I was like, "All right, well, I guess it's just another Phantom of the Opera that was filmed. I'll watch this." Didn't take note that Robert England was the Phantom no. on this first. And I watched it, and I watched the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, it's just a slasher f- version of Phantom of the Opera oh with my Robert gosh. England as the Phantom just murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. He's horrifying. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely horrifying. The The Nightmare on Elm Streets don't really do it for me mm-hmm. that much. I mean, there's like the first one is pretty scary. Um particularly when Johnny Depp gets sucked into a blood vortex. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that scene in particular, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it gets me. But Freddy Krueger is one of those things, too, where the more you see it, the more you're like, 
and eh, not scary. Yeah. You get to a point, it's kind of like Pennywise in this movie, where you're like, hey, there's that guy. I love that guy. Yes. Yeah. And kind of like the, you know, the Jason, the Michael Myers, where they, they're running upstairs, and you're like, you're going to die. You never run upstairs, but no. and then they go get them, and they kill them. Yeah, the bit, it becomes a bit. It you're becomes like, oh, trope. we've seen this before. Yep. And you get kind of excited, like, all right, it's going down. Get <laughs> For whatever weird reason we love horror films as a society. Uh, the last one I have is Ghostface from Scream. Yes. Excellent, excellent film. Scream, dude, Scream is great. Yeah, Scream 2 is pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, three, decent. I haven't seen four. I haven't seen four either, actually. I don't know that I've seen three, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's good. Okay. Uh, yeah, most of, the, most of the OG cast is there, so I definitely recommend. But, man, they do such a good job of just making this completely satirical film and then absolutely scaring you out of your pants at the I know. same time. I love that. And it will never it can't be done again. Yeah, I think the finish to that movie is world class. Yes. So the way that they put it all together, it's really really well done. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been able to do something with quite that effect since in a horror film in my opinion. Agreed. All right, so that's a wrap on our top 5. Like we said, we're always down to talk to you guys about what you think, what we missed. Um Want, definitely want to hear and i i mostly want to hear so i can find these like weird horror movies like everybody's got a horror movie that just like spooked them you know and maybe them more so than other people and so i always kind of want to hear what that is like what's the horror movie that you're scared of that nobody else is um and i'm sure we'll get lots of other chances to talk about like top five horror films when we come around to halloween and things like that so or maybe it's not a horror movie maybe it's just some like random movie that freaked you out like yeah or like a scene, like like an ET when they have the uh, when they have the cotton balls and the frogs. Oh, and they're yeah, yeah, horrifying. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a wrap on our top five, and that is a wrap on episode ten, our tenth episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, we very much appreciate it. It's a ton of fun to put together. It's even more fun to discuss with the people who watch this podcast. Thank you for liking our posts and sharing things. Um, please keep it up. We absolutely love engaging with you guys on social media as well. So um, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. We don't know what we're seeing next week. Um, again, we're kind of in a lull with movies until a couple heavy hitters come out. So if you have suggestions, I mean, we're not going to do a poll, but like if you have suggestions, feel free to send them over. Um, but that'll be just kind of like a surprise for the next episode. Um, as mentioned on last week's pod, we've got the Star Wars event coming up. For opening night on December 19th so again we are putting um, final touches on some of the details around that so be ready to um, keep an eye on Facebook and Twitter for a link to buy tickets um, and as I said just to just to reiterate like none of the proceeds from this screening will go to us and I think you guys will notice that because the tickets are going to be cheaper than what they would be normally so this is really just to give everybody a chance to get discounted Star Wars tickets and mm-hmm. to watch it with people who have a shared interest so um, it should be an awesome time. Literally, when I say I cannot wait for that movie, I literally mean that I am having a hard time waiting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting a little anxious about it. So close yet so far away. Yes, it is. Um, so we've got that going on, and uh, yeah, lots of exciting things ahead. But as always, um, thank you for listening. Thank you to Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast and lets us use the studio. And thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for that awesome theme music. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Thank you.